You know, sometimes in our lives, all right, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. Sometimes in our lives, we uh, get to a point or a stage in our life where we feel as though we are in dying need of a miracle. We feel as though hell has broken loose. We feel as though life has come to an end. We feel as though uh, we cannot cross this particular stage we have come to. And we want to get to a different stage and yet it looks as though we are struggling in this particular stage. We get to a place in our life where we need extraordinary things taking place in our lives. Do I have witnesses here? Like you are in a stage in your life currently where you need a miracle. You know that what you want in or the stage you want in life currently it will only take the divine intervention of God to take you out of that state you are in right now. You, you, you can attest to the fact that the movement you want to move, the next stage you want to enter into, it will only take a divine intervention. Be with me today. But the question I want to ask you today, or the Lord has asked me to ask you today, is that are you ready to do whatever He tells you to do? Because if we are in dying need of miracle, we are in dying need of extraordinary things to happen in our lives for people to know that God is with us, then the question is, are you ready to do that which the Lord says we should do? The Lord told Moses, strike the rod against the rock, and it will produce water. The other time he told him to speak to the rod, yet the rock, yet Moses did otherwise. Are we ready? To go by the way of God. Are we ready that the Lord has spoken to his man servant or his name of God and then the message is being given to you? Are we ready to follow it? The book of John chapter 2, the verse 1 to the verse 6. John chapter 2, verse 1 to the verse 6. Let's have it now, God. John chapter 2. That's one of the verse 6. John chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 6. Yeah. Two days later, there was a wedding in the town of Cana in Galilee. Okay. Jesus' mother was there. So this is telling us about the feast where Jesus Christ performed his first miracle. Let's move on. And Jesus and his disciples have also been invited to the wedding. When the wine had given out, Jesus' mother said to him, okay. They are out of wine. Verse 4. You must not tell me what to do, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. Jesus' mother then told the servant, Do whatever he tells you. Verse 6. The Jews have rules about ritual worship, and for this purpose, sister water jars were dead, each one large enough to hold between 20 and 30 gallons. Alright, now you, you read in the scripture in the book of John chapter 2, please do read the book of John chapter 2, the verse 1 to the verse 6, that there was a feast of which Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at the feast, and Jesus equally was at the feast with the disciples and our servants and all that. And Bible says that at the feast, the wine or the drink that was used at the step at the feast was finished. And Mary, being the mother of Jesus, came to Jesus and said, The wine is done. 
We need wine. Went out a miracle. And then something happened. And Jesus said, Woman, my time hadn't yet come. You see, Mary was the biological mother of Jesus. He was, she was the person that saw the most sacred part of Jesus, or the sacred part of God. You know, before your mom will bath you as a kid, let's say a guy, they circumcise the guy. They go through a lot of processes before the guy achieves. Even to a point where the baby does not even know when to even defecate. They defecate on themselves as a baby. Are you okay? Mary saw all these stages of Jesus Christ. Mary. She was so blessed. She saw the sacred part of Jesus. She saw the sacred part of God. A part no one has seen before. Mary saw it. <laughs> Yet, Mary never got familiar with Jesus. She saw everything about Jesus, yet Mary never got familiar with Jesus. She honored, she respected and acknowledged the oil upon the head of Jesus. To the point where when they got to the feast and when the wine was done, Mary said, wine is finished. Do something about this. And then Jesus turned to her and said, woman. In other words, in our present day, it means mother. You see, they have some vibe. It doesn't call them mom, mom per se. They have this vibe. You know how sometimes you have a name for your mom. Sometimes even maybe your mom is this and this, but you call your mom mommy. You see, and I say, if one man, then another man. You understand? Someone's mother. You know how you have some vibe with your mom, even though you know you have to call her mom, but you have a different name for your mom. You have less a pet name for your mom. You see. So gee, it was more like a pet name. She said, mother, my time hadn't yet come. It didn't mean that Jesus could not work out any miracle. It simply meant that the time for his manifestation into the miraculous ministry hasn't been given to him as a green light yet. In other words, Jesus wasn't also so one, he wasn't trying to be disrespectful to them all. All Jesus Christ was trying to make the mother know was that in this aspect of my life, at this particular stage of my life, this aspect of my life, I do not take instructions from you, mom. I take instructions from God. So, except the Lord gives me a green light, I cannot do it. He was not disrespecting the mom. He was just telling the mom that this aspect of my life, it will only take God for, to tell me to do it before I can do it. Because it is only take God to usher me into ministry for me to do it. But you see, even though his time hadn't yet come, scripture says and principles lays it down that honor your father and mother. And because of that, God himself had to allow the green light. Because if Jesus doesn't do it, he's dishonoring his mother. So Jesus now was given the green light to take the miracle to take on. The Bible says Jesus Christ. Okay. Mary then told the servants. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. What was Mary trying to do? In effect of this words that Mary was saying, she was just trying to turn the servants away from her to Jesus. This, the effect of Mary's words, telling the servant that whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it, was to move the focus from Mary as the main focus or the point of taking instructions from to Jesus Christ. She was moving the people from her. For the people to see Jesus Christ. Because so long as the servant 
keep looking at Mary, the miracle will not take place. So long as you keep looking at the man of God, the miracles will not take place. So it is my duty as Mary to realign and turn your focus to Jesus. So I am not foolish to declare that Jesus of God is the ultimate mentor, even though I am the mentor also. I am not losing you. No, I am not disowning you. I am realigning you to the right point so you can attain the miracle. Because I am not God. Are we here? I am just a channel of this. I am at a point of the channel of distribution. So before it gets to you, it comes through. But I will not lie to you that there is there is not anyone who pushes it to me before it gets to you. If I'm to say that it is from me, then I'm a liar. And that's what Mary was trying to make the servant know that whatever he tells you to do, do it. And Bible said, and Jesus had a great life, and he turned to the servant. And he says, Fill up this six water pots. Jesus. Jesus told the people, fill up this six water pots. And Bible says in the verse 7, John chapter 2, that they filled the water pot to the about this particular miracle was that the water pots were six. Six is the number of man. Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter one that man worshiped on the sixth day. So number six is the number for man. So the six pots represented man. So there comes a point in your life where Bible says and then the disciples or the servants, not the disciples, but the servants, they filled the pots to the brim. In other words, it meant that there was space in the water pot. In your life currently, there can be a point in your life where you want to give up. You are exhausted. You have tried all you could and nothing is happening. And you want to give up. And yet God sent his servant to fill up the water pots, which is you to the brim. God has sent me today to be a channel of distribution. So he could fill you today to the brim. And even throughout the week, God himself is going to cause people to come into your life and they will fill you up. Amen. And throughout this week, God himself is going to cause people to come into your life. These people are not coming because they, they want to come. They are coming on an instruction base. The instruction they were giving was to come and to you are exhausted. You are exhausted. You are exhausted. Another thing about this particular water pot was that, you know, these water pots are usually placed at the entrance of doors. The only days, these water pots are placed at the entrance of doors. And the water in there is used for um, the Jewish purification, the manner of purification according to the Jews. What they do is that, before they enter the room, they wash their legs, they wash their hands, or they wash their face with the water. This water is not clean for drinking. It is only for purification, for washing. If you watch uh, a lot of Chinese movies like I do, let's say just Lee and movies, when they are fighting most of the times, they use the staff or the sword or whatever, and they break a lot of pots. And the, and the pot contains water. Those kind of stuff. You know, they are setting this like a holy day setup. They have water pots. This water, you don't see them drinking it. It is usually for washing of the faces. They've gone somewhere, they've gone out and they're coming back, they wash their feet. It's a form of purification. So, listen, this 
these water pots were not clean. And yet water is being poured in it. Jesus. And Bible said, Jesus, after telling the people to fill the water pot to the brim, he told them, Master, take some and give it to the governor. The verse 8, the verse 10, I'm quoting it. Just take this and then give it to the governor of the ceremony or the governor of the feast. In our present day, we will say the chairman of the feast. Are we okay? So that the person and then the servant took of water. But not water. He said they took, he didn't mention water, he didn't mention wine. He said, take of it and give to the people. So they poured water, but it turned to something else. But Jesus did not tell them what it had turned to. He wanted them to have confirmed it themselves. So then he gave it to them and they gave it to the governor. When the governor received, the governor called the bridegroom of the feast and said, Why is it that? Most of the times at a ceremony, the best of wines are brought first. And then the less expensive ones are brought last when the people are well drunk. Why are you bringing the best at last? Oh, goodness. The man was asking, the governor, the chairman of the feast was asking, why are you bringing the best at last? And again, geologists will argue either it is alcohol or not alcohol. First of all, the people were already drunk. So it's said, if people are drunk, that's when you bring the less wine. But why is that we now? You bring them the best now. I mean, they were already drunk. But they could detect that this wine was good. I don't want to go into whether it was alcohol or not alcohol. That's not my point. I've thought it before. But it was alcohol, no, but not alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, what was shocking was that after that it took place and that the, the chairman or the governor of the feast took of the, 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 the wine, he was amazed. So why are you bringing the last, the best for the last? Why is it so? Oh, I wish you are getting this. When that statement was made, I would say that the servants in the verse 8 verse 9 of chapter 2, the servants looked at each other. Because what? Because they knew where the water was coming from. They knew that this one is not even drinking water. It is water from the water pot of purification. And you are saying that this thing is the best of wine from that which they sell in town. This drink is not branded. This drink doesn't have a good name. It is just mere purification water. So they knew where it was coming from. And because they look at each other, what is this man saying? Do you need a miracle? Are you ready to obey? Regardless of whatever you know. The people did not taste the water themselves because they knew where it was coming from. But the people who don't know where it is coming from, when they tasted it, they said it was the best for the last. You might feel you are exhausted. It's not that you are exhausted. You might feel you want to give up and God doesn't care about you. It's not so. He's actually reserving the best for the last. What you call the last is what he's reserving the best for. He wants you to exhaust yourself. He wants the water pot to dry out. Then he comes in. When you have tried all that you can, when your strength is failing you, that's when he comes in. When you are asking him questions and he seems to be still quiet, that's when he comes in. And then you begin to see that Bishop is beginning to miss. 
sister, and then God is talking through Bishop to you. But these are questions you've asked him long ago, and he's now answering. No, he is now waiting for the best, and then give it to you at the last point. Because you have to exhaust all your options. If not, you will see God as plan B instead of plan A. So after you have exhausted all your options and nothing is there for you to do again, next time you will know that it's not your plan A and not plan B. Are we okay? Are we okay? Because if you want to get a car, for instance, and you know that okay, if I go to my mom, she'll give me money to buy a car. If I go to this people, my mother says he didn't give me. If I go to this friend of mine, I could borrow and all that. And you have tried all options, and these people are disappointing you. Then you begin to thank to God. And then God brings someone away who you don't even know and gets you this car without even you asking. When that happens, when that miracle takes place, next time when you need a miracle in your life, you don't go about asking. You turn straight to God. Because you know that your last resort and even your first resort is God. Are we okay? So sometimes he does that with those things. So we don't make it our last resort, or we make it our first resort. He's not our plan B, but our plan A. Are we okay? Are we okay? I was in the book of Exodus, chapter 7, the verse 7 to 12. Exodus chapter 7, the verse 7 to 12, because of time. I will say that, and then God gave an information to Moses and Aaron and told them that they should go to Pharaoh and free his people. But before they get there, he will make them work out a miracle. And yet, even after Pharaoh had seen this miracle, that was and God said he was going to cause Pharaoh's heart to still be hardened. But they should still go and work out the miracle. So it was like Moses and Aaron, who was his associate pastor, they went together. And when they got there, God said, Put down the rod of Aaron. Exodus chapter 7, the verse 7 to 12. But and God instructed Moses and Aaron to put down the rod of Aaron. For it will turn to a serpent. The question here is that God, in his infinite wisdom, saw that Moses was the leader. Moses is the head. And he did not instruct that they put down the rod of Moses, but he instructed that the rod of Aaron be put down and not the rod of Moses. Moses has the rod. Bible confirms it. He used the rod to strike the rock, he used the rod to part the Red Sea. Bible confirms that Moses had a rod also. So why did God allow Moses to use his own rod? When God speaks, obey. When God says, bring the bottle of water, don't bring such as water. Obey what God says. He saw Moses' rod, yet he says, Aaron, put your own down. Because when Aaron's rod was placed down, he turned to a servant. And then Pharaoh said, Moses, is this all that your God can do? Is this all that your God can do? And then quickly Pharaoh called forth the wise men, and then he called forth the sorcerers. And when they came, that was in like manner. Listen, in like manner, they began to perform incantations. And that was it. suddenly their lords were turning into serpents. In like manner, in like manner, in like manner. They began to perform incantations like Moses and Aaron in like manner. And they did it, and it also came out as serpent in like manner. That's why I keep telling you the source is key. Because there are people who are able to do things in like manner. 
There are people who are able to brand themselves and they are looking nice. Sometimes there are some false prophets who are good with branding than even three pastors. And then you call some three pastors in quote as false prophets because they are speaking cheap. And yet there are some false ones with good grammar. They perform this miracle in like manner with incantations. And Bible says suddenly God did something different. Because Aaron's He showed most that he is God. He follows God that he can do the same thing. So it's nothing different. There are miracles that you can have. There are testimonies that you can be sharing. And someone feels like, like is this what you call a testimony? Imagine someone here standing here that uh, God is so good. I went, I got a job and then I had a birthday. Imagine what Jeff Bezos will stand here and look at you. What would Jeff Bezos be saying that you are calling a car a miracle? The guy just filled the space. You are calling that miracle. He will not be like, it's what you call miracle. In like manner. In like manner. They like, they, they have this like manners. The things we call miracle, they have them and they don't call them miracles. <laughs> In like manner. What do you call a miracle? God blessed me with a shock. They think yes, without even praying. <laughs> in like manner, they still have the shop. The plan you are having, they also have it. In like manner. You are calling yourself a miracle. You are calling your own handwork. In like manner. But you see, we are done from today. We are done with less miracles. We have to a point of multiple miracles. A point of notable miracles. People are going for a special, they are going for a tour, they are going to Dubai, they are going to Kenya, they are going to South Africa for a tour. Some of you now are now going for a sketch that's Kakum. <laughs> and people have moved from the Kakum level and now they are going to Dubai. And there are people who have equally moved from the Dubai level and they are going to space. Are you here at all? It's in level. I said, I am moving you from this thing. I had a miracle. I am moving you to a point of notable miracles. Oh, I didn't hear at all. Yeah. Notable miracles. Because scripture said that even after they performed the miracle in like manner, and then suddenly the rod of Aaron, this is the serpent, the rod of Aaron began swallowing up the gods, the like manners. Their like manners were swallowed up. And Abaro shut up Swallow up all their miracles, all their victories. So it may seem as though they are ahead of us, but God will cause them to be swallowed up. <laughs> you see, I, I, sometimes I was talking to the pastors now that the youth now are doing all sorts of things, and it's making people rush into things. At first, was at first when you complete university first degree, there is no pressure on you because at least they know you do service after service. You now looking for a job. But now people are living in essence and they are making money. You know, the boys are making money. <laughs> they are making money. So it's making you look as though after, after you finish investing, you are not doing anything. Your eyes are right, you want to make money. But you see, do not you worry. It makes your friends also look like they are going ahead of you. They have these guys and these guys are doing things and doing that for them. But you, it looks like your guy is not doing anything like that for you. But don't you worry. 
God has moved us to a stage. When ours begin to happen, it swallows out their own. Suddenly, their own will not be identified because our own will begin to swallow up their own. So right now, it might look as though you all perform the same miracle. It might look as though you all went to the same school. It might look as though they are going ahead of you. Our boy, ours are about to swallow up. Like manner, they are they are able to move on the floor like a serpent. Ours is also able to move on the floor like a serpent, but ours is beyond the like manner. Ours is able to swallow up. Ours is able to swallow up. It's able to swallow up. Not just other animals. It's able to swallow up its kind. Serpents don't usually swallow up their kind. It's rare. <laughs> but if you take a parable for a serpent or a python. Swallow up its kind. Its kind. You are about to swallow up. And that's why I told you what the Lord said. That He is going to cause or scatters to begin to take over the bigger companies that are already around. It is part of the swallowing up. That's what the Lord said. It is part of the swallowing up. They are swallowing up about to take place. And you must be part of the people whose rods are swallowing up other rods. So, so, oh, I just had an idea, but it's one thing I can say. No, 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 no. We have to come to a point where we know that our God is able. He's able. Our miracles are able to swallow up. This miracles and testimonies we are about to receive, it is able to swallow up your past teachings. You know, you, there, there are times where you are talking and you can't see. Majesty. A woman came out to the king and was crying out to the king, help me. 
listen to her words. He replied, if the Lord won't help you, what help can I provide? Do I have any wheat or what? The king said, if God is not going to help you, what help can me, me, the king, what am I going to provide to you? If God will not help you today, what can I do you as a man of God? Okay. Verse 28. What's your trouble? She answered. The other day, this woman here suggested that you eat my child and then eat her child. Because of farming, they were eating their children. And they had an agreement together that one will kill their child and they will eat. They will murder their child and they will eat. And they did so and they ate. And then the next day, they were supposed to they, I know it's not simple. You ate one whole new human being, meat, the whole day. And the next day, you didn't even have coming over. You needed to kill another baby to eat again. So she was complaining, we are eating my child. But it is time for us to eat her child, and she's refusing. Because then the one that came head of the story, he read his clothes. He was to read your clothes means to dare it, to destroy the cold. And usually it is done as a sign of shame, as a sign of pain, as a sign of remorse, anguish. She, the king took it like, has the farming gone too severe that now we are into cannibalism? The farming was so severe to the point where cannibalism, murder, looked normal to the people in the town. That was how intense their scarcity was. There could be an intense scarcity in your life. But don't resort to the other things. In this stage of your life, there will be intense problems, intense heavy blow at you. But do not go to the world. Thinking Christianity is difficult for you. Do not. Do not follow the people that are going to eat their children. Do not. Do not be part of them. You are not part of them. And so when the king had it, he wrote his clothes. I was like, he was wearing a, a sackcloth within. So he was not naked. He was wearing a sackcloth within. It's like the ladies wearing, uh, you have a transparent dress you want to wear, and they have a, a, a lighting dress or something where they wear before that dress comes. It's not like these days that the ladies wear anything that is transparent. But, but he was saying, so that lady that I'm talking about is made of sackcloth in those days. And then the king got angry. And the king said, I will kill Elijah. For the Lord is responsible for this famine. The king is born as God, that God is responsible for the famine in the town. And he thinks that the solution to the problem is to kill the prophet of God. <laughs> I don't want us to read the scripture because of time. He wanted to kill the prophet of God. To think that was the solution. And yet the prophet of God was the miracle to the family that they were seeking. But the king thought to kill the prophet was the solution. Just like some of you. He think to kill your man of God, to destroy and speak ill of your man of God will make you look good. So maybe you have an issue with the church, you have an issue with your man of God, and you begin to talk evil about the man of God, thinking that it will make you look good in the sight of people. But what do you not know that you are destroying your own life? And, also, and the king sent his servant to go into the house of Elijah. But before he even tells the Bible, and Elijah had seen that the king is bringing his servant. And, the, and Elijah told his people to lock the door and prevent the servant from coming. 
And Elisha saw again, and he saw the king was even after the servant. He was coming with the servant. Common sense. He said, Love the Lord. Elisha would have said, Let him come in. He can't do anything. I said, Love the Lord. Prevent him from coming in. Common sense. Maybe a man of God. He had faith, and he still said, Love the Lord and prevent him from coming. And when the door was locked, and the king also came, the king said, Your God is responsible for this famine. And Elisha said, No. Tomorrow about this time. Oh, it's about seven to verse one to verse two. And Elijah said, Tomorrow about this time, the price of a donkey is going to change now to lesser. Scarcity is going to cease. And the king did not believe it. Like today we are in farming and people are killing their children to eat. And you are telling me today, 24 hours after, the situation is going to change all of a sudden. Yes, I am telling you. I am sent of God that tomorrow about this time, 24 hours after, there are testimonies and miracles that you will record that will change your life forever. Amen. You know that people come and probably stand somewhere and they're having programs and they say, you will have an encounter of the Lord like never before. God is going to move in this place like never before. And yet, we still see the same things. This is not one of those meetings. This is not one of those meetings that we will say and let it come to pass. No, 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 we don't fly in these meetings. He said, 24 hours after. He said, just by this time. Tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time. I thought you'd be taking your time and you'd be writing down. Tomorrow about this time. Some of you are prophetic. <laughs> I'm already prophesying. Tomorrow about this time. You are just doing this thing. Last week, we declared our week of favor. You see, some people have favors. And when the favor came, they said, my mom. Ah. I am not joking. <laughs> the following week, also before that last week, our people had jobs, they had employment from that week. Last two weeks, from the week we declared. We are not joking, and I'm not joking because the week came. Ah. I, I think you will say this is your week. <laughs> Tell someone I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Yes, we all need a miracle, even including. Yet I have a channel. I have a channel. Even before the water dispenser will give water out, it must be filled also first. So if I do the water dispenser, I still also need to be filled. So I go to fill you up. Are you with me? Are you with me? Does someone need a miracle? The problem was intense that they thought killing the prophet is the solution. Killing a prophet. Chastise the man of God is never a solution to your problem. It doesn't solve any problem. Standing or being on social media and lambasting the man of God is not a solution to your problem. It's never a solution to your problem. If you want to aggregate it, don't kill the one who is eternal to your miracle. If they had succeeded in killing Elijah, they would have received that word and they would continually remain in farming and scarcity until the Lord raises another prophet like Elijah who can give his word to his people. Are you here? Don't kill your men of God. Don't kill your men of God. Don't kill your men of God even with your words, even with your actions. Don't kill them for them to even release, to, to preserve their word, to keep their word from giving to you. There's a way you can relate to your man of God that if he wants to tell you something, he will keep quiet. And yet that will prevent you from getting something that you have to get. Don't kill them. Don't tell someone, don't kill your men of God. Don't do that. If they have done that, you have caused a problem. 
And then when they stood and they heard Elijah talk, tomorrow about this time, if we have seven that was, and then it happened, as Elijah declared, as I have declared, 24 hours after this time, he will go back to that coast and he said, This is my testimony. It is no double. It's different from that which I used to have. There are people with testimonies here. We, we, we got a lot of testimonies here. I team and team ones. The testimony have, of course, screenshot and share, but they are the ones that I don't share because they are writing. There are other eyes over them. Here's somebody. Let's move quickly to the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 24. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to the verse 29. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 29. There was a woman who had suffered terribly from severe bleeding for 12 years. Even though she had been treated by many doctors, she had spent all her money, but instead of getting better, she got worse all the time. Verse 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she came down in the crowd behind him, saying to herself, If I just touch his clothes, I will get warm. Verse 29. She touched, she touched his clothes, and her bleeding stopped at once. Okay. And she had the feeling inside her that she was completely healed of her trouble. Thank you, my God. Okay, let's listen to this thing here. Scripture says there was this woman with a dish of blood for 12 good years, and she already knew the story. But let me open up your eyes to this scripture. How can a woman, I, I, I find it as a problem for people to have their problem for 15, 30 years, 80 years. I feel there's a problem. How can this woman have this issue for 12 good years? But they not men of God in the town to cause that healing. That she had her problem for 12 good years. As much as it's a testimony that we celebrate people who have probably crippled for 15 good years or since birth. But the question is, were they not anyone who is called of God to have caused the miracle to take place instantly even after they got a problem? That they caused that they had that problem for 12 good years. This woman had the problem, the issue of God for 12 good years. 12 good years. And Jesus was still alive by day. Jesus was alive by then. Jesus was alive. So why did she meet Jesus long ago? Scripture said she was moving around to doctors and physicians. But the more she rose about on these people, the issue grew worse. The problem is that. Our man of God is able to deliver us according to the will of God. But we also have other sources we think can solve our problems. So we run there first before coming to the answer of God. And it's delaying our own self. She will go to Jesus straight. But she went to the physicians first. And she was wasting her own time. She was wasting her own time by going to those physicians. She was wasting her own time. Just like some of you wasting your time. I was asking one of my daughter the other day. She said she spent about, I think, 2K about on her hands. I was like, so, could you have given me this money and said you should pray for me? Because she says even after that step, she still has some 
problems with him after having consulted the doctor and all that. But couldn't you have given me this money? <laughs> she laughed, Bishop. I don't think I would have more. Because it's probably too big an amount of money to give to a man of God to pray for you. But you were able to even spend more than that at the hospital, which manages the issue for you. That's what we do. We go for surgery, and the surgery they even go for, they complicate the issue. I'm not against doctor. No, 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 I'm not against it. But I'm saying that before you even do anything of any sort, why not go to God first? To know when. Because, you see, the future can be very burdensome that most people, they spend money, valuable assets, resources, on things and on people they shouldn't have spent on. Because of the burden of the future, and they are not descending enough, they spend a lot of valuable assets and money on people they shouldn't have spent on. And that's how some of us live our life, which is not supposed to be the case. We spend a lot of resources on things we're not supposed to spend on. We spend a lot of resources on things we are not supposed to spend on. But Bible says in the book of Exodus, chapter 40, verse 30, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So anytime you are in problem, it is not the first instance that for you to go and seek for solution. When you are in problem, when you are you are you are, you are confused. You are, you, you are faced with an extraordinary challenge, as you may call it. Do not go about instantly go search for solutions. Sit down, stand still, and discern what the Lord wants you to do. There are times when you are in trouble where the Lord doesn't want you to move forward. He doesn't want you to move backwards. He doesn't want you to even move to the side, the side. He wants you to stand still. He doesn't want you to even lie down. He doesn't want you to give up. He just wants you to stand still. And then you will see his salvation. You will descend to see his salvation. And then you will know the step to take. But this woman of the issue of man was roaming about, seeking for solutions elsewhere. And this solution that she was seeking for was actually alleviating her problem. It was causing her problem to worsen off. And that was when she got the opportunity to hear of Jesus in the town. Jesus in the town. And then she went forth and she touched the hem of the garment. Jesus. And my own person understand that her issue ceased. How do you know that her issue ceased? That was that she knew within herself. She felt within herself that the blood that was flowing has ceased. She didn't have to lift up the skirt first to check. She didn't have to take off her undergarment to check if the blood had stopped flowing. She didn't have to check her packs. To see if the blood has stopped flowing. She knew within herself the evidence of the answer that you are looking for, the evidence of the breakthrough you are looking for, is not around you. If you look around you, you will get it wrong. But it is within you. The greatness of your destiny is not determined by things that happen around you. It is within you. Because she felt within herself. She knew within herself. She didn't have to lift up the skirt to check. Like many of you would have done. If you have an issue uh, with your lamp and, and in the breast, the lamp in the breast, and they say you are healed, you will now begin want to check. Let me go to the washroom and then go and check and see if that's not. No, the woman did not do anything like that. She didn't have to check and examine her breast to see if there was any lamp there or not. She knew with her 
himself. She knew within herself. She didn't necessarily need any prophetic word. She didn't need Jesus to even pray for her in any form. She just said to herself, with faith, if I touch the hem of the garment. So if you come to me and I only touch you, will you tell Bishop is that all? Or you will know within yourself that it is done. Will you know within yourself? She knew within herself. How many of us can bear witness with ourselves that God is with us and He will never leave us regardless? But we, we don't know within ourselves. We know by the things around us. We, we, we determine our greatness by the things that are happening around us, which is not supposed to be so. We are supposed to know within ourselves. We are supposed to bear our spirit. We are supposed to bear witness with the spirit of God within ourselves. There must be an agreement, a witness with our human spirit and the spirit of God within us. Knowing that we are great. It's not about what our account is saying. It's not about what state we are in currently. It is about what is within us. He that is in me is greater. Yeah. What is in the world doesn't matter. It's what is in me that is greater. So long as what is in me is greater, the world will watch out. They will watch out. What is in me is greater. What is in me is greater. What is in me is greater. I don't know about you, but what is in me is greater. What is in me is greater. So I don't judge my life and my greatness by what is happening outside, but what is happening within. I know within myself. I am convinced beyond all comprehension that God loves me. I am convinced at all points that God is with me always at all times. And not even death can separate me from the love of God. Nothing, 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 not even the state I am in in my life. Nothing. I know within myself. I know I can never doubt God. I know within myself. Even when the, the, the lecture is not there, he sets the exams. And after the exam paper is being written, is given to my lecturer back. He will bring me my results. I will see. So my God, even if he is silent, I know definitely I will still see. Uh-huh. I know within myself. I know within myself. I know within myself. I know within myself. If you've ever been close to a lecturer before and you've ever defeated in an exam before, you will know how it feels this relationship between your father and yourself and your lecturer and yourself feels like. Taking the lecturer, for example, as God. When you know you know the lecturer and you've defeated before in an exam, you know that you know the lecturer. You know how you can you know how to go about it. You know how he cannot fail you. He knows you. You know how to talk to him. That is how it feels with God. We, we, we are confident not because of how we wrote. We are confident because of how we know our God. You know that. So even if he brings us a test, then we might throw the test. He doesn't leave us because we feel. He stays with us forever. So okay, today we need to eat more. The next time he helps us to uplift ourselves. See, I know within myself. My destiny is great. I am greater. I am greater. I am beyond the imagination of men. My greatness is beyond the imagination of men. So I cannot be compared with the miracles of the world, with the testament of the world. Any testimony that any unbeliever will carry, my testimony will swallow up their testimony. Hallelujah. Amen.
this woman knew within herself. If you are going through any touch, if you are going through any problem, please stop looking around. Look within. Just look at yourself. If you don't even need a mirror, believe yourself. Sit yourself down and begin to look. I am rich. You know, sometimes I am there. And when the choir is singing, I go, God, I wish you had given me this gift. But funny enough, some of the choir people are also there that father. I think bishops are not. <laughs> so when I realize that I look with myself, I know I am blessed. It's not about my good voice. That which is within me is greater. That which is within them is greater. That which is within you is greater. You are special in your own way. Look within yourself. You don't need to be bishop to be great. You don't need to be the, the, the best preacher man to be great. You don't, you, don't, you don't need to be the good, I mean, the goodest singer to be great. You just need you. Just be you. You are great as you are. Oh my goodness. The fact that one star is shining than the other doesn't mean that the other star is not shining. It is still shining. Abi, it is still shining. Are you not shining? Anyone because they were afraid. Alright, please. 
Philip. This was a member of the lady and he had people who continue to see that to call Jesus to one place his body for God, but that is not even on the temple. I did for what Jesus Christ said, and I will destroy the temple and build it up in two years. He wasn't talking about the temple of Jerusalem, he was talking about himself. They had forgotten what Jesus Christ said. And then they were going to anoint his body. When they got there, well, there was an angel of the Lord at the tomb. And the tomb was open. And the angel said, The Jesus Christ that you are looking for, he is risen. See where he was at first. He is risen. He is no more here. Go tell the story to the other people. You will even meet Peter on the way. Tell him. And as they went and they journeyed back to the town, they saw people, but they never spoke. Why? They were frightened at what they saw. Why am I saying this? The body, the, the body of Jesus, which was dead without life, was in the tomb. The angel showed them where the body was laid, that they knew it was laid. The tomb of Joseph Arimathias. The body was laid there. The angel told them this is where it was that you all know. But it is no more there. And I'm telling you today, the same problem, the same problem, the same place that you saw is that it was located. You go there again and check today, tomorrow. And the angel of the Lord who sent me will tell you it's no more there. It's no more there. As we partake of the instruction of the Lord with a bottle of water, if it is even a sickness, after taking this water, after using this water in the direction of the Lord, you will check your body where the sickness was and you realize that it is no more there. The angel said, This is what he lay, but it's no more there. He's risen. That bad situation, you will go check it. And you will no more there. You will take this same water to people who are sick, who are not even in this meeting. You will take it to them and they will use it. You will realize that healing has taken place. You will wake up the next day with different kind of body. If you know anyone who is sick, use the water for them. 